If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a fan of comic books, movies, and other areas of pop culture. If so, you should check out The Sci-Fi Pie, a blog with reviews, analyses, theories, top ten lists, and more about, but not limited to, Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. The Sci-Fi Pie also explains certain things when it comes to the legalities of your favorite entertainment companies. Do you want to know why Marvel's able to publish comics with Star Wars characters? Or why they seemingly have a mysterious embargo on X-Men characters in video games, even though Fox only has movie rights to them? There was also recently a series of posts discussing the pros and cons of a story having main character armor. Read it before part two comes out. In addition to all that, the Sci-Fi Pie lately started doing interviews with people who have benefited a certain industry or fandom. To check everything out that I just mentioned, go to www.scifipie.me. Again, that's scifipie.me. Also, don't forget to follow at sci-fi.pi on Facebook and sci-fi underscore pi on Twitter. And now let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Spider-Man Homecoming special. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Today, we're just going to get into the nitty-gritty of our opinions and thoughts on Spider-Man Homecoming. So there are going to be spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet and you're wondering if I should go and see it, definitely put this video in your watch later list and then run out and go see Spider-Man Homecoming. Then come back and we can all gab about it. And of course, we invite you to join us in the comments to share your favorite moments from the movies. It was fun! Fun, eh? <laughs> that, I think, is the operative word here going in, is that the movie was just pure, unadulterated fun. Just yeah. trying to have a good time. Right. Spider-Man Homecoming just had to make a good Spider-Man movie. That's right. And just go for it. Yeah. And that's really how it felt. It just felt like Spider-Man Homecoming was just a movie where they went, just do just do the thing yep. that everyone has been waiting for you to do since 2002. Yep. You know? And that's, for me, what I tweeted out, I think, immediately following the movie, that this is the movie that I've been waiting for yep. since 2002. And yep. I don't mean to disparage the previous no. movies. And so before we get into how I felt about it as well, and let's collaborate on our ideas here, I just want to say that I'm not going to crap all over the last five Spider-Man movies. And I'm not going to say they did anything necessarily wrong, and I right. think that we wouldn't have comic book movies as we know them today mm -hmm. without the first two Spider-Man movies. No, it's true. And I think Sam Raimi did a great job, and he should be very proud of what he did, and we should all have a good feeling about their place in the zeitgeist of comic book movies yeah. and superhero movies as a genre. That said, 2002, I'm sitting in the theater, I'm watching Spider-Man, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that I'm seeing a Spider-Man movie at all because for my entire life I'm told I can't have one at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that we get... We even got a reference to The Thing of all superheroes right? that are referenced in the Spider-Man cinematic universe. The Thing is the one they actually name drop. But from then on out, every comic book geek that I knew and talked about from Spider-Man 1 to 3 was... When is he going to be part of the bigger universe? And right. no matter how great the Spider-Man movies were... For me, as a fan, Spider-Man's always been set against the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He lives in a greater, larger world. He's just one guy, yeah. surrounded by giants. They managed to make it fun while also having actual, emotional, serious moments within it set against this good time, and nothing felt out of place. It felt all completely natural, and it just, like... The fun highlighted the seriousness, and the seriousness highlighted the fun. Like, it just, like, was like, yep, here we go! These are all the sides of Peter Parker, like, all at once. Yeah. Exactly as it should be. <laughs> right. It felt like, it, to build off what you just said, I, I feel like they were more focused on making as good a movie as they could. Yeah. So we meet this character, Peter Parker, and we go on this little journey with him, mm -hmm. and we're not afraid to show the good and the bad and the ugly yeah. while making it part of a three-act structure. 
You yep. know, it's actually just a story of this character and where he is, mm-hmm. where he wants to be, and where he ends up. What he wants, what he needs, mm-hmm. and then what he gets. That whole trilogy there really works in the context of the story. Yep. Uh, so for that, I think that's why a lot of people are really liking it and why they're responding to it. Right. Because we've seen Spider-Man. Yes. You know, just to show him web-slinging isn't enough right. anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah, it used yeah. to be... I'm seeing Spider-Man on the screen for the first time. Yes. Then it became, hey, I'm seeing somebody who actually likes being Spider-Man on the screen for the first time. Then <laughs> it was, okay, I've seen every version of Spider-Man that Hollywood is capable of making. Yeah. Show me something more authentic. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay, well, I guess we'll tell you a human story about this character who happens to be Spider-Man. Right, while also not feeling like they had to do the origin. Yes, that so was a big thing. They're like, hey, you got it, okay? But like... We're not going to skip over the learning element. We're just going to remove the origin part of it and be like, he's a kid. Yeah. He has to learn and he has to grow in this new universe. One of the things that really struck me about this was how many times he screws up. Yeah. And how unafraid they were to show him screwing up. Yep. And yet how uncalamitous the screw-ups were. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, it's not that when he screws up, it's dangerous and horrible mm-hmm. and people die. It is dangerous and horrible, but people don't die. Mm-hmm. And he learns from it and grows as a character. Exactly. It's not, be, it's not a byproduct of poor writing. Right. And, and I think what helped with that is they were unafraid this time to tell a more simple story. Yeah. You know, like, they, like, all right, look, he's in this world with these larger heroes. We can't tell a story where Spider-Man is dealing with the end of the world or, like, a city-leveling event. No, there's no blue laser in the sky. why wouldn't the other heroes show up? They're like, we're going to tell a story about this criminal who is kind of flying under the radar, essentially, and how he's trying to tackle it to get himself, like, into the the spotlight, in a sense, to make himself worthy of being a greater hero. And I thought that was really smart, because it allowed them to basically be like, here's this little story, we're going to get these phenomenal actors, they're going to act the hell out of it, and we can just try some things, and we can develop their characters, instead of just being like, he's got to solve this, otherwise something is going to happen. Yeah, otherwise the whole city's going to be turned into lizard people. Yeah, exactly. Or the city will be absorbed. By a sun or something, or whatever, whatever Octavius was building. <laughs> but and I think that it's beautiful in like the first few minutes of the movie. That idea is illustrated perfectly by showing it in the shadow of the first Avengers movie. Yeah, Avengers just dealt with a blue laser that shot up in the sky, and aliens came out, and they had to save the world. And then the villain comes from picking up garbage as yep. a result of that big ca- catastrophe, mm-hmm. and every antagonistic plot, any any big villain part of that story in Spider-Man Homecoming is a result of that. It's cleaning up after yep. the world-ending event. Yeah. It's just dealing with people who are... And actually, it's funny. Let's get into the villain because okay. I think that Michael Keaton was wonderful yeah. as the vulture. Really and really, was. he had no place to go but up. But I'm tish about being the vulture because <laughs> I have no interest in the vulture. I've seen a thousand videos. Who was the vulture and what's his switch of story? He's an old guy who sucks, and he wants to steal things before he dies. Or he's an energy vampire, and he wants to steal you. Ugh. The idea that the Vulture is a former construction worker who is screwed over Mm -hmm. by larger figures than him. And him picking the bones of the you know of of the rich and the powerful yeah he's so great right like he's a delusional robin hood yes because yeah. he's missing the other part where he's trying to like help out the little guy he's like no 
I'm the little guy. Right. I'm helping me. I'm the little guy. I live in a $700,000 house in the suburbs, <laughs> and I send my daughter to this very nice school. Like, yeah. no, it's very much uh, a, a delusional Robin Hood. I love that. Uh, <laughs> also, he doesn't understand the gravity of what he's doing. You know, like, yeah. he's, he's selling weapons, but he doesn't recognize that the weapons he's selling are going to be used against the people exactly. that he proposes to be a part of. Right, and not just that, but I mean, like, as we see throughout there, like, he has a strange honor code, and he's very much about his family, and every instance he, like, has the chance to be villainous and does so is actually putting his family potentially in harm. Yeah. You know, like, those villains are not going to know that that's his daughter, that that's his wife. They're just going to just be, like, hurting people, yeah. potentially. It's interesting how in every Spider-Man movie, or at least any good Spider-Man movie, the villain mirrors the hero in some way. Yeah. And so we get to see both of them go on a journey. Mm -hmm. And you see Spider-Man and uh, Adrian Toomes going on these journeys where they're both inheriting technology they didn't earn. Yes. And then using that technology in a moral way that they see, according to their code. structure. Yeah, their code. And how that screws up and blows yes. up in their faces, mm -hmm. and then how they learn from those experiences. Mm -hmm. For me, that comes down to, that felt more like world building yes. than trying to cram their movie with villains. Yeah. Because then you also technically had the Tinkerer. Yeah, that's right. Like, unspoken. Yeah. Like, hey, if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know you're that's pretty the sure that's the Tinkerer. And, and, if somebody, right there. and if you're the Spider-Man fan and someone leans over to you and says, is that somebody? You can go, it's the Tinkerer. He makes supervillain weapons. And then you move on. Exactly. But there's no stupid moment where the vulture says, like, you tinker over there all day. No. Right. It's just, it's world building. Because yep. in, in a Spider-Man comic book, it's going to have characters. Spider-Man's going to fight the, 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 the Shocker before he deals with the Vulture. Yep. Or he's going to deal with the, the Tinkerer. And the Tinkerer won't go to jail. Right. You know, be, but, but it works. It, yep. I remember uh, really digging on Ant-Man. Because it felt like a single issue of a comic book. Yeah. This also feels like that. Maybe it feels like a two or three issue story. Right, right. Not a 14 part epic. <laughs> but actually it feels more like an annual. Because yeah. it feels just like a little story, but Spider-Man learns a lesson at the end. Yeah, it's got a beginning, middle, and end. And he fights the vulture in it. Yep, And exactly. the vulture is perfect for an annual, <laughs> you know, or maybe a two-parter. Right, and he looked great. He looked great. I gotta tell you, them, like... You know, it's hard sometimes because, like, of course, Hollywood needs to take these costumes and make them look good on screen. Right? Or try to, yes. Or try to, right? And the Vulture's costume is very uh, unique. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, recognizable. <laughs> He's got the plumage. Right, but the way that they handled that I thought was really well. Give him the bomber jacket. Yes. And make that the plumage. Mm -hmm. Make you think of the Vulture's costume without saying that's the Without costume. putting him in a skin-tight green <laughs> pleated suit. <laughs> And having him also be geriatric and just flapping his arms like a jackass. It feels like Michael Keaton knew what the vulture looked like. It and was, was like, don't do that. No, I was going to say it was a little disappointed uh, when he showed up. And he's just where's like, my humpback? Because <laughs> it's a flying suit. I need a huge hunch. Yeah, where is it? No. no, that's it's you have a huge, you have big wings yep. and claws on your feet. Yep. By the way, they those are cool. Everything about the vulture. Right? Which I never think I'd ever say. It was cool. It was. He he very much like utilized the suit as a bird would. As yeah. A, as a hunting bird would. Right. <laughs> and I, I love also that he, he, A, he's not afraid to delegate. No. And man. B, he, he sh when he shows up, it's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, like, I, if, I shouldn't have to show up if you guys are doing your jobs right. Right. 
And then they're like, we need you. And then he just shows up and it's kind of terrifying. It really is. When the vulture like swoops down yeah. and gets shit done. Yeah. No, it, and I think that was like a really well done little mini plot thread to have him be the foreman of this yeah. construction company turned into like... The foreman of a supervillain yeah, organization. Yeah, exactly. Just being like, look, I will handle the major thefts mm-hmm. because like I can't trust you to right. not bone this up yeah. as every... Or take it... Like, yeah. Or take a cut. Exactly, exactly. But for some, like a lot of the meetings, a lot of the deals, like you guys are the face of this. I'm just going to hang back. Right. And when you need me, then that means you need the vulture, yeah. not me. No, it's true. <laughs> and speaking of the character himself, uh, tying him in with Spider-Man's love interest, Liz Allen. Right? That was really cool. Yeah, you didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming, and I'm, like, annoyed at myself because apparently a lot of people did. No, here's the thing. You were in the moment. I was. I was just enjoying the movie. Because I'm... Okay, so the sequence that we're talking about, if you're not familiar and you're just watching the movie because you want to be spoiled, is Peter Parker's getting ready for the homecoming dance. Liz says yes. He's going to go pick her up. He has a little pep talk with Aunt May in the car. adorable. Really sweet. We'll get into that. Love that relationship. (laughs) And then he goes to the door, and you're with him, and you're really, like, tense and worried. And they're amping up the music, and I think it's because, while I'm in the theater, it's because we're getting to this big swell of emotion when Liz gets the door. Maybe we'll do the jackpot moment and steal it from Mary Jane or something. Right. But no. And then it opens the door and it's the vulture, and he's like, what's up? And he's completely personable and friendly, and you're like, oh no. Right. And you're right there, and it just, it really really pulled me in. The movie completely sucker punched me. Meanwhile, we're going to the door, and I'm like, oh my god, Michael Keaton's by. Like, I didn't realize it any time before that. It was when we got to the door, I was like, Michael Keaton, which was awesome for me, because then I hear his reaction, what? (laughs) Next year, I'm like, yeah, I was. I was like, what? (laughs) You were enjoying the story and not watching a bunch of, like, frames one after the other. You know what I mean? Like, you were like... I'm, I'm enjoying the story. Yeah. Also, I wasn't, like, waiting for the next cool fight scene. Right, exactly. That said, well, there were a lot of cool there fight scenes. There really, really were. By the way, really quick about the fight scenes. Let's talk about the action before sure. we get into more relationships. Because the action is done in a way that I think really needs to be addressed uh, in too many superhero movies and in too many action movies in general. We all, you know, if it's really superficial, there's character building moments that are lulls between the next action scene, but the action scenes are all done for spectacle or for, you know, special effects or whatever. If there's no stakes, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested or invested. And they talked about that every... Like, every reviewer will tell you that if there's no stakes in the action sequence, if you don't care about what's happening or if this action sequence doesn't make any sense yep. or if the characters that are involved are not sympathetic, you will not be invested. I was invested in every single one of those because yes. there was some stake involved in the action. Yeah. Whether it was the fairy scene, whether it was the uh, the final climactic butt fight with uh, with Vulture, mm-hmm. the, the airplane scene, um, the uh, just the, the suburban chase yeah. scene. The chase scene. I was going to say the ATM scene. Yes, the ATM scene. The um, the scene where he confronts uh, Shocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In with the, with uh, Miles' uncle. Well, yeah, with Miles' uncle, yeah. Um, that, all of those scenes are action scenes? Yes. But are also scenes within a movie. Yeah. For me, it comes down to especially the ATM scene and the one with Miles' uncle. Not the one where he confronts him later on. (laughs) But the actual one with, like, the guns and all that. For me, those scenes benefit the most, and hear me out here, guys, from Spider-Man being in Civil War. 
Right. Because seeing Spider-Man in Civil War, like, he's in this huge superhero fight. Where you're, and for a minute, maybe you're like, I don't understand where this is going, Tiffany. Like, what are you talking about? Well, it's like, he's in this superhero fight. And there certainly are stakes there. But he's also surrounded by a team of people who have far more experience than he has. Right. Right? He's taken out of the fight because of his inexperience, because of Stark's concern for him. And he's sent home. Yeah. We addressed that in the beginning of this film. And now we see Spider-Man all on his own, Right. Every moment for me in which he is dealing with a very, like, mediocre kind of thing, like a bank heist or, like, the, the confrontation, that was the most tense for me because he's entirely alone. He, we know he's inexperienced. Yeah. And the fact is, at any moment, he could get himself or someone else severely hurt. Yeah. Because the people who are holding these guns aren't supervillains. They aren't misguided heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they're, just don't... They're just people out for money. Or, exactly. Exactly. They For them, they do this thing all the time. Yeah. So they have more experience there. So for me, like, I was like, seriously, this is where, like, he gets the, the shopkeep killed. Get killed, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, even as it is, we see him screw that up. Right. His business is destroyed. Yes. Because, like, he was... Spider-Man's, like, whole thing is that, like, he's like, hey, yeah, like, I've done a couple of things where I stopped some muggings or whatever. And then I was in a superhero fight where, like, collateral damage kind of didn't matter. Yeah. We were in this kind of vacant area. Now I'm in a completely populated area. But he's a kid. He's not thinking like that. Yeah. So, like, that was so tense for me. The drama of a child being a superhero was the real strength of that concept. Yes. You know, yeah. the, the homecoming moniker really worked. Yeah. I think. I'm not going to... All right, you want you know how you had your moment where you were just like, I can't believe I didn't see that? Yeah. It wasn't until that he asked her the homecoming, I was like, oh, that's why Oh, it's yeah. Funny. Even though they mentioned the homecoming dance was coming up. And they keep things, putting it up. They keep like, reminding you. Tiffany's like, yeah, no, I'm just watching this movie. And then I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. I'm dumb. Hi. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just a meta title that's saying, like, Spider-Man's back, everybody. No. No. It's not... Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm going to... Mm. But it was sweet. And <laughs> yeah. I thought, and by the way, because of the title, I thought we were going to get a really big dance scene or something. Right. I don't mean a dance sequence no. where Spider-Man dances. No. Because any movie that has Spider-Man dancing in it would be really bad. He gets the dance and goes, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go be Spider-Man. There's a no point in which we think that Peter Parker doesn't know what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. He likes Liz Allen. She's pretty. She's interesting. But, like, why? Right? But, like, because he's a teenager. And, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And, like, he likes hanging out with Ned and doing nerdy things. And he likes science and stuff like that. But his focus right now, 100%, is being part of the Avengers. Yes. That's what he wants. And he's willing to do anything up until the end of the movie. Yep. Where he realizes, I'm the, not ready. Yeah. That's not what he needs. Right? And, like, so, like, I think that every moment where he has to make a decision like that is handled Perfectly. Yeah. The moment in the monument, in the Washington Monument, oh, yeah. with the elevator, mm-hmm. and Liz Allen's in there, like, they're brilliant, I gotta tell you. Because for a second, I'm like, are they gonna Gwen Stacy this? <laughs> They've set it up. She yeah. can fall, he tries to catch her, whoops. Yeah. But I'm like, that would take a, a dark turn. That but would like, be rough. For a second, I was like, seriously? That's a, that's the thing about a good, well-structured movie, <laughs> is that the stakes feel real. Yeah. Even though you know there's no way they, yeah. that they're going to like make the whole movie really dark in the All middle of, a sudden, of the movie. yeah. There's a moment where you're like, maybe that maybe that, that, could, that I don't know. I don't, like, clearly we're going to see this character grow. Is this the way he's going to grow? Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. Because, like, there, there she is. She's just there by herself. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm glad they didn't go in yeah, that direction, but I'm glad that you thought it might go in that direction because it means the movie felt authentic. Right, and and I gotta tell you, like they hit a lot of comic book notes, yeah. even ones that I was less familiar with, but have seen time and again 
Um, you, I know the you, rubble scene. The rubble scene. The rubble scene is great on a number of levels. I believe two levels. Let's talk about them. Uh, the first of which <laughs> is we got the rubble scene. And the rubble scene is, well, we've seen it like four times in Spider-Man comics. Mm-hmm. But the first one is the one where he's trying to get some antidote to Aunt May. And he's got this huge amount of stuff on top of him. And there's water pouring on him. He's got this thing like over here so he can't move at all. And he knows that if he doesn't get this stuff off of him before he gets this stuff to Aunt May, she'll die. Yeah. And... We changed the structure of that, of course, but the visual of Spider-Man being pinned. Yes. And unable to free himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and time racing against him. Yep. Is an iconic moment. Yep. And having it featured in this movie in a real way. Uh, and when I say real, I mean in... It wasn't weird and out of nowhere. No. It was part of... And when uh, when Vulture's, like, knocking the pillars out, I'm like, I think we're going to get the rubble Yeah, stuff. I had the same thought. And we did. And yeah. not only was it awesome to see yep. but it was also done in its own way it was their movie it was. It was their version and so while it works on a, as a visual for spider-man that's awesome we could talk about the other reason why it works and the reason why it works is because a 16 year old or 15, i'm sorry 15 year old kid is trapped under rubble yep and he thinks he's going to die yeah and like i, I gotta tell you the setup to that like whether or not you're thinking the rubble scene's gonna happen or not but the setup to that in which, you know, Spider-Man leaves the dance. He goes to face the vulture. For a minute, it's like Spider-Man is developing as, like, a hero here. Yeah. Like, he's really, like, maturing, right? And the vulture is like, I respect that. You have no idea what it is to be an adult yet. Right. Like, you're, you're taking the right steps, but seriously, you didn't think this thing through. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to show you what experience garners. Right. And then he proceeds to defeat him, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? And he and he abandons him. Right. He completely leaves him there, and that's where we see Spider-Man alone. Like, yeah. Spider-Man has, has, like, been on his own, but you got Ned, and he's having a good time or whatever, but in this, he's truly alone. Yeah. And, like, he completely is no longer Spider-Man. Yeah. He is just a kid who's hurt and scared, and Tom Holland portrays that in a way that, like, I, like, I was getting, a, like, kind of, I was, I was getting very emotional about yeah. that whole thing because, like, you go from, like, we're having this great, like, fun time, and he's gonna confront Vulture and blah yeah, blah blah yeah, to, yeah. like, you just want to give him a hug. Like, yeah. where is Aunt May, and why isn't anyone helping? Right. Him? Yeah. You just, you want someone to swoop in and help him. Yes. But you also know that no one can. Yep. And you're glad of it because it means that he'll grow. Yep. Um, or maybe he'll die. But like that's <laughs> and that's the fear and the, the tension and the reality of the scene. Yeah. Um, and of course, as of, as a consequence of that, we also got his mask in the water, and we got to see the reflection. So we yes. got to see the split image of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, mm-hmm. gorgeously handled. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that a lot. Um, they also had the opportunity to have a Uncle Ben, great power, great responsibility moment. Instead, we got yes. Tony Stark's words in his head. And while, as a Spider-Man fan, I'm like, why was it Uncle Ben? <laughs> I also understand the structure of this movie is that Uncle Ben is dead and he's not here anymore. And we've, we've moved a little past that. Right. Maybe Aunt May's hurting a little more than Peter Parker about this. Yeah. Peter's already dealing with his grief for Uncle Ben. He's Spider-Man. Right. But now he's dealing with his new father figure. Yes. Well, that's what he's done. Like, he's like, okay, that's how I'm going to handle this in a way. Like, first of all, I'm going to deal with my guilt by helping people. And second of all, Tony Stark's going to be like my new dad. Yeah, exactly. Know yeah, yeah. And that made me really sad. Me too. The whole too. beginning of the movie. Except when Tony Stark, I, in my opinion, and like, this is just a quick aside, Tony Stark begins to realize that towards the end. That he that he did wrong. That he's like, oh my God. Oh, like, this kid really looks up to me. Yeah, and like, I can't just, like... I, I, right, I, I can't treat him the way I treat everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think it kind of weirds him out for a little bit, and he has to have, like, the dad talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and we do get that, like, 
kind of parallel between he and his father, and now mm-hmm. like, he's like, I get it. In a right, way. right. Like, maybe he gets his dad a little bit more, where it's just like, no, when you have someone who relies on you, yeah. like, you, you tend to act differently. Yeah. I, I kind of like this Iron Man movie more than Iron Man 3. <laughs> uh, because we get more growth and structure for Iron Man, and also... Uh, Iron Man 3, the Avengers definitely would have shown up, and right. this one they wouldn't have. I, no, I agree. Um, but that's it. Uh, I mean, like, Iron yeah, Man 3 is fun. But, but like, you get Tony's words in his head, and there was a moment where I really thought it was going to transition into Uncle Ben's yeah. words, but then I was like, then they'd have to cast him. they have to Sam cast Uncle Ben! Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And by this, they don't have to cast him for another long time. You don't have to see Uncle Ben for another five years. Right? That's frustrating. Who's going to be Uncle Ben? I don't know. But you know what I like about that, too? Mm-hmm. Is that scene, like, right up against the, like, final fight. Yes. And, like, because the final fight takes a little bit of time. Like, we see the Vulture going for his big score. Like, you know, we see Spider-Man from that moment on truly grow. Yes. Like, we see all of, like, essentially the fruits of this movie come together in mm-hmm. that final fight. Yeah. Where, like, he's like, okay... I, I caught up to the plane. I'm throwing myself in harm's way. Yeah. I know I'm in a lot of trouble here, but I'm still going to do it. Okay, plane's going down. I have to avoid people. Yep. I have to like learn from my mistakes previous, whether that be at the storefront, whether that be when the I ferry. crash through the ferry, when I crash through everyone's yards. Like, oh, all right, yeah. I got to take responsibility for this. I got to fix this. Yeah. And then during the final fight where he's like, you're going to die. Yeah. And I can't, I can't let that happen. I have to stop you. Yeah. And then when he risks his own life, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, for me, him risking his life to save the Vulture is, like, the mirror, like, scene to the rubble scene. Yeah. In which the Vulture leaves mm-hmm. after teaching him a lesson. Right. <laughs> leaves him to his own, like, demise and or his own, like, lesson. Yeah. And and Peter takes that and goes, like, no. No, you learned my lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also a bigger version of the scene with Miles's uncle. Yeah. Where it's just, we get to see who Peter Parker is at the core. Mm-hmm. Even though Peter Parker is dazzled by Iron Man and yep. Tony Stark and the world of the Avengers and all that. Being Spider-Man, being a superhero, having all this technology. Uh, I think that at the core, he was afraid that someone might die and he put himself in the way. Yeah. No, Took a bullet for the guy over there He ta- he and he puts himself in harm's way to save the vulture. Yep. It's the same and it'll be the same. In every conflict he finds himself in. It's true. And it's funny with those two scenes, like whether or not Peter recognizes it or not, but he has completely changed two people's views. Yeah. Of him. And the world around them. Yeah. Yeah. Miles' uncle becomes a little bit of a better person, or at least he tries to make up for something. Right, exactly. And the vulture also pays his debt as well. Yeah. And that's really cool. I was very proud of and happy to see <laughs> that they didn't kill the vulture. No, but they did do a very, like, stereotypical Spider-Man thing where he webs him up. And leaves with, a note. With all the stuff that he stole. That I liked a lot. <laughs> I really liked that he wasn't unconscious. Yes. So he's looking at the note like... This is really embarrassing. <laughs> that was great. If we could rapid fire real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the relationship with Aunt May. I love it. It's great. They're uh, they're sweet. Uh, I thought at the beginning it was a little superficial. Yeah. It gets a little deeper. Yep. We don't get too deep. We don't get too too dark. Nope. But I'm very happy to see where the relationship goes as a result of the final few seconds of the movie. Absolutely. Last few seconds of the movie for me completely make up for any superficiality of the relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peter Parker's relationship with Ned Leeds. Uh, I did not expect that. It's obviously ganky. It's great. Yep. Uh, best payoff is the uh, scene is Ned <laughs> wanting to be the guy in the chair with the multiple monitors yep. and becoming the guy in the chair with the multiple monitors. Exactly. Uh, Ned gets to be that guy and he gets to do that. That's really fun. Yep. Uh, we don't get to explore that too much. 
I have never really seen Peter with a best friend. No, and I, I like it at his age, him having someone who he can confide in. Yeah. Being Spider-Man. Especially someone who isn't a superhero. Usually it's a girl. Yeah, I know. Usually it's a girlfriend, and I'm glad to see it wasn't. I know. I, I, I really appreciate that, too. Like, I appreciate that they're going to let Peter's actual love, like, interest and love life itself develop at a pace that makes sense, and let him have the fun, like, we're buddies in high school. Yeah. And like, you know, if I'm Spider-Man and we're best friends, you're probably going to find out I'm Spider-Man. Right, exactly. Peter's relationship with Flash. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I heard a lot of criticism about it. Uh, I really like that Flash is also a nerd. Right? <laughs> like, Flash is just a complete jackass, but in a very believable, realistic way. Somebody said recently that, like, the Penis Parker nickname, yeah. they're like, how unoriginal. Yeah, how real is that? Yeah, no. That's a real thing that someone would actually say, as opposed to the, the kid being written by a staff of writers. Right. No, it, it is as unoriginal as the character is. For me, I read into the Flash character, I think, a little bit, and I just kind of assumed that Flash, while probably being a bit of a nerd, I think his parents bought his way into that school. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, he's just like, I'm wealthy, they're not going to be kicking me out anytime. I have enough knowledge that I can get through this. Yes. Um... But I'm pretty much, like, if I had gone to a different school, I probably would have been a job. Or a nerd. Like, or he would have been picked on. Yeah, who knows? If he didn't have money, he would have been picked on. <laughs> I think that he's like, you don't understand how, how close I am to Peter Parker. Right. Like, how I am him, if just if it were not for a trust fund. Right. What I do like, though, is that, like, how much he hates Peter Parker and how much he was kind of daring him to bring Spider-Man, because clearly they are developing the Flash love Spider-Man. I like that, too. Like, yeah. He Even uses his car. Spider-Man destroys his car. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, we'll see how his opinions are in the next one, but, uh, but I like that a lot. I, I, I like, we get revenge on him without, like, we don't get a scene where, uh, Tony finds out that Flash is his bully yeah. and does something about nope. it. Nope, Spider-Man is left completely to deal with his own problems until they get too big for him. Yes. Um, which but Spider-Man defeats his own villains. That's right. And Peter Parker deals with his own stuff as That's well. That's right, yeah. Um, what about, uh, just in general, like, the idea of Peter Parker and technology? Okay, Peter Parker technology. People, we were just talking to somebody about that yesterday. Mm -hmm. They were saying they didn't like his reliance on technology. Yes. I think that that was a structural decision. I think yep. it was to parallel Vulture. And there, yep. the, and the... The, the dangers and the reliance on technology. Mm -hmm. I think that you will see less of a reliance on technology in the next couple of versions of Spider-Man. Yep. Except for Infinity War, when he will obviously have an Iron Spider-Man costume. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to him being Spider-Man, I think that he will rely less on technology. My I think that he will use it. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to... Be as I I don't know if we're gonna see Karen again. Yeah, my hope is that when uh, Tony returns the suit to him, that he's actually removed the guy, uh, knowing that he doesn't need it anymore. Right. I like Karen. I, I do like, like the character. Karen. I, I it's, it's voiced by Jennifer Connelly. Hopefully, yeah. she'll become Yocasta sometime. She that that was a lot of fun. Again, giving Peter someone to just chatter at. That's I think what really helped having a Ned there and be Karen. Peter in the in the comics talks a lot. He talks to himself and he has thought balloons. Yes. We can't have that in a movie. What do we do? Give him an AI. Give him a best friend. That, that way he can get all his thoughts out. All his nervous energy. Like, obviously he has a lot of that. Yes. So he gets to do that. Um, of course, him in the interrogation scene. With the interrogation scene is the funniest, movie in the, in, the funniest moment in the movie. <laughs> I, I've been laughing at it for the last four days. Uh, the interrogation scene is obviously a joke about Batman and his um, voice modulation thing. Yes. But without being mean-spirited yes. and obnoxious, 
while also being its own thing. Even in a vacuum without the BBS stuff, you'd still have this scene. It would yep. still be really funny. Yep. Uh, because I guarantee you they did not change the voice until after Tom Holland shot all of his voice work. Yeah. And then they changed it and they made it even funny. Oh, it's it's perfect. I'm oh. not a girl. I'm a boy. <laughs> like, that's so funny. I, I loved it. Um, also, you know, a great use of humor with the suit and the technology with the kill mode. The kill mode. Yeah, right. No, what are you doing? Why do you always want to kill things? That's great. The humor in general is legitimate and earned. Yes. He's not as quippy. Like, he doesn't have zingers. No, because he's not that experienced no, to have those. But he, he doesn't have zingers. He's not written by Bendis, but he does have humor. Yes. The humor's not lost, and I really like that. Yeah, when he leaves Miles, his uncle. Yes. Like, like, you know, yeah, stuck yeah. in the car. It'll take two hours. Take two hours, you'll be fine. Yeah, no, man, you gotta get me out of this. Nope, sorry, your criminal's fine. Nah, no, you, gone. Bye. Yeah, just, it's just, it's cute, it's clever, it's uh, appropriate for the character at that age, at that experience level. And in those sequences. Yes. It's not just weird, not a place. Exactly. He's not making quips as he's trying to save the fairy from splitting in half and letting no. everyone die. No, nope. He is completely in serious mode. Yep. I can imagine him making quips to try and calm down passengers. Yes. We don't get those moments. No, we did get that guy. We, we do get, yeah, Spider-Man. We do get Rob from Comics Explained. <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Man! Yeah, Iron Man! <laughs> no question that Rob is in the that Rob is in the MCU now. Yep. I'm sorry it. I didn't get to play got played by Rob though. Oh. Still yeah. great. I gotta tell you, initially the movie opens, we get the logos. For a second I'm like, where's the Marvel logo? Yeah. We saw the whole thing with the score. What the hell happened? I know. Then we get it. And then we get it, I'm like that's another thing. I like the music. Yeah. The music was fine. It wasn't generic and annoying like it has been in previous Marvel movies. That said, Spider-Man does not have a power theme. No. And no. I don't necessarily need one. I like Danny Elfman's theme from the original Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. I don't like the reliance on it. We don't get a Dark Knight theme. Just this, this theme where like right. Spider-Man shows up and there's the theme. Right. But, but he's he's also a kid. But he's also well, no, but like but it's Spider Man. He's 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 one of the largest superheroes of all time. He, he should have a theme. He can grow into it. They could always develop a theme as he like grows into being a, a hero. Well, you know what, what I mean? What I was gonna say was his theme is in the intro. That's true. With the Marvel theme. Yeah. Like the old '60s Spider-Man yeah. theme. Listen, like you're never gonna get more iconic or recognizable than that one. And give it to a six-string orchestra and make it beautiful. And you know what? I think it holds up. It was great. It really. I was. love it. And I would. I think that that's the theme. I yeah. think that you use that when he's doing something cool or awesome or just yeah, it, just, just swinging around. Throw in the theme. Yep. Just make, just give it to a real orchestra to do it, and I think you're fine. I agree. I think the opening was really well handled. I like the summation of his version of what happened. Yes. Like his little videos. It sets the tone. Oh, that's really movie. fun. Yeah. It, and cements it in like the time from which it comes. It's it's no, it's a kid. He's vlogging. Yeah. Exactly. Can't show it to anybody. Okay. Yeah. Right. And like I love Tony Stark. He doesn't let the Aunt May thing go. No. What you wearing, May? Hope it's some Skippy. What? <laughs> You know what? You can, you can edit that out. Let's take <laughs> That's fun. That is so fun. Again, it just sets the tone. Yeah. Like, we, we see where he's at. Like, we, we get... First of all, we establish, like, later on about, like, damage control. Like, like where does this movie take place? The following things have happened. This, yes. this, that, and this. Where is Spider-Man in his headspace? Right. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Like, what has happened with the relationship between he and Tony Stark? Got it. Let's go. Yeah. Now we're in this movie. It takes them maybe 10, 15 minutes. Right. If that. Also, damage if controls that. it. Damage control. Yeah. How oh, awesome. Totally different logo, though. Yeah, what are you going to do? You know what? They have time. 
they do have time but really cool because like that really like i had stopped watching the trailers and reading up on things yeah so like i was like is the vulture really going to come out of damage control yeah no no but damage control will be yeah but they are involved with it yeah very cool i i i'm so disappointed in the trailers for giving away so much i was not yes. ruined in the theater having enjoyed like from enjoying the movie. right no but there's a like okay so the scene of spider-man and tony Stark talking on the on the bridge after the ferry it's a moment like in Terminator 2, when you don't know if the T-1000 or the Arnold Terminator is going to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. That's ruined by everybody and everything. Like, it was clearly it was shot to be a moment where you're not sure who's the bad guy. Then everything came out and everyone knows that's going to happen. Yeah. Everybody knows that Spider-Man and Tony Stark are going to have a conversation in person on the bridge. In the movie, in the first time that Pete and Tony yeah. interact in, as Spider-Man and Iron Man, he just sends the suit and it's all automated. Yeah. And him coming to save him at the ferry... Yep. Him coming out of the suit is a big moment. Yeah, it is. And it's ruined by the trailer. Here's what's funny. I completely forgot that that was even in there, so it was not ruined for me. Good. I, for me, I was Immovable. like, damn it. <laughs> I, I, it! It happens, and it's a big moment, and it, for, it's a big moment for Peter, so it, I, I you know, was sympathetic to it. Yeah. But because I was so aware of it, I could not... I knew he was in it. I was this. I kind of figured he was, just yeah. because he was talking such a big game. And I was like, there's no way this kid's not getting the SmackDown. He's yeah. Peter Parker, of course. Yeah, he's, he's gonna... not going to get rid of the Riot Act from from Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. Especially not when he's just like, you're not even here. He's like, of course I'm here, because yeah. you said that. Yeah, but him coming out yeah. when he says you're not even here is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great it's moment. It's a really great moment. Um, of course, I cut some lines. I did kind of miss the, like, I know we heard it a million times, but, like, the Hulk gave it away. Yeah, we lines. missed the whole conversation about yeah. the, with the Avengers. That's gone. But that's fine. That Like, like that, I appreciate, because that means they took out something we've heard a million times. And, and gave like, something different. And get with something different, which is cool because we'll probably see all those and extended cuts and deleted scenes and all that stuff when, yeah. when that comes out. So that's good. Um, I feel like we may just very briefly want to touch on the fact that we get the Zendaya. Yes, MJ. Yeah. Thing. Michelle slash MJ thing. I'm not upset about it. I don't I'm care. not upset about it either. I don't think we know enough about it. I mean, like, for all we know. They're teasing the MJ thing, and then we meet Mary Jane in the next one as somebody else. We have no idea. Like, and like, but she may be, and that's fine. You know and that'd I mean? be fine too. They're trying something different with the character. That's the thing. You know, Ned Leeds was like kind of the hobgoblin and married to Betty Brant. That ain't gonna happen, right? So well, Betty's, listen, it's, Betty's in the school. Betty's in the school and looks like Gwen Stacy. So like, shut up. So, Here's the thing. I, I was worried. Zendaya, like Cher, right? Or, Anything. She's barely in it. She's pretty good. Yeah, she is good. Like, like they, that's the thing is that like I liked her character. Yeah, she did something with it. You know what I mean? Like they they clearly here's the there's the thing, you know you give someone direction. Yeah, and you get. And you, you Natalie Portman's a good actor when you have a good director, right? Um, so you know, good for her. Like, yeah, she, she tried some stuff. Like I was glad they didn't do the the John when I was like kept saying John Hughes so much so that we see Ferris Bueller in the movie. <laughs> I was really worried we were gonna get a sixteen candles kind of thing right. where like he goes to the to the dance with Liz and and and, and MJ is there by yeah. herself and clearly he was supposed to ask her right. and then she leaves and then he goes to her as second best and then she's like screw you nope done no no we don't get any of that but we also don't get anything else either no. like the it's not like he they become friends no they're barely they're barely acquaintances no no it's true they're really the most but she does like him the most John Hughesy thing is like the Ferris Bueller thing but also just. Peter Parker doing the Ferris Bueller thing. Yes. When he's chasing down. Yeah, him doing the thing from yeah. Ferris Bueller. 
the the fact that Ferris Bueller is then literally referenced within it, <laughs> eh, a little on the nose, but a little uh, on the nose. That said, though, we do get a lot of like amazing Peter Parker, like when he's leaving the suburbs from the party from Liz Allen's party. We got the suburbs scene. Yeah, we got the scene that Peter David wrote where Spider Man's yeah, like, he's like, yeah, no, you're in, surrounded by trees, and then he just runs. Yeah, when he's in the suburbs, I'm like, are we gonna get the scene where he can't <laughs> web swing? Yes, we do. Yep. Do we get the the rubble scene? Yes, we do. We get a couple of those moments. Yeah. We get the Peter. Parker split mask. We get a lot of those things. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm and and also we get organically referenced friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I like yeah. that. Yeah, we definitely a lot get, of great stuff. We, and, we get Ned wearing the mask because if you know that Peter Parker is Spider, yeah, Spider-Man and the mask is there, you're gonna put it on. I loved it. Yeah. That's in the trailer, but I loved it anyway. I, I like. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> just great. He's just like this is Ned is delightful. Yeah. Uh but I like Yankee, so I obviously if it yeah. was the same character, but, I was gonna enjoy it. But the actor whose name escapes my mind. Yeah, he's great. He does a fantastic job playing like this pseudo straight man not at the same time. No, no. Like, the everyone is well cast. Yes. The only diff the only thing that I'm annoyed about is how disposable and crappy Matt Gargan is. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, he got only so much time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think that was more or less like a, hey. Hey, there are going to be other villains. Don't worry. Like, Spider-Man has other villains and, like... He has way better villains. I know he That's does. That's the thing is that, like, even though I'm kind of like, oh, too bad it's not a name or something, like, Scorpion, we're not doing a whole movie about but Scorpion. But how about this? You would have said the same thing about the Vulture, and then... Well, I've always made it... I've always said, since 2002, I've wanted to see Ben Kingsley as a five-minute intro to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Right. Where he's like, ah, ha, ha, Here, how and then Spider-Man immediately defeats him. How about this? Maybe what they'll do, all right, hear me out, guys, is the next, like, full Spider-Man movie, yes. right, we'll get the Scorpion, right? He's doing his Scorpion thing, yes. right? Like, maybe Peter Parker, like, foils him early on, <laughs> right, or whatever. And then he goes back to his lair, right? And he's disposed of by Craven the Hunter. Okay. And Craven like smushes the scorpion, essentially. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if, uh, if you get him in a full suit where he's got a tail and everything, uh -huh. and then Craven kills him yeah. or something, I'm out, I'm down for that. I, but you gotta cast Craven great. Yeah. Tweeted about it before. I'll say it again. This is the Spider-Man movie I've been waiting for my entire life. Oh. I will. I will. I'm not mincing words here. I'm not a Marvel fanboy. Nope. But I am a Spider-Man fanboy. I love Spider-Man, and that from that perspective, this is my movie. That's right. And I I can't wait to see him again. That's right. And again, guys, these are just our opinions. That's true. You know Let I mean? us know like, yours in the comments. That's right. What are some of your favorite moments from the movie? Let's right. not get negative. Tell no, us. No, and not just that, but I gotta tell you, right, wrong. Like nobody's right or wrong. It's just your opinion. That's true. It's just your opinion. Yeah. Maybe Kingpin. Maybe, Maybe Kingpin. Kingpin. But because he's a great. He's so great. He's such, a, and they're all great actors. They're all great. They're all great. But I want Kingpin. But like Vincent D'Onofrio, he. They can point at him and be like, he has been in movies. Yes. Movies you've seen. That's right. Yeah. He was in Jurassic World. Right. Like, you can say that he's been in movies and he's big enough, again, he could be a villain. Same with David Tennant, but they took care of that for us. Whoo, I wanted that so bad. I know. I anyway, I let's... Know. Oh, yeah. Before we go, yes. talking of villains, that moment in the car where they're driving to the homecoming. Oh, my God. And, you know, Peter Parker knows everything that's happening. He can't even focus on... His on, date. on the date on and the date, this, this excitement, he got what he wanted. Pictures, and she's doing the thing, and like Michael Keaton has no idea yet. But watching Michael Keaton figure it out, figure it out, seeing only him driving in his face. Mm -hmm. God, he's good. He is great. I, I love that. Actor. Yeah, just him putting it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. 
So there you have it, everybody. Our opinions and thoughts <laughs> on Spider-Man Homecoming. Obviously, there's a lot of movie to get yes. into. And, and I'm I, sure we didn't touch on everything. No, but I'm not going to make like a 90-minute expose on Spider-Man Homecoming. We might have at this point. As it stands, it's probably a long review. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, bottom line, go see it. Yeah. Go buy it. I love this movie, and I look forward to seeing many more versions of it uh, as it goes. And I, I look forward to watching it many times. Yeah. Me too. So, thanks a lot for watching, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week with another episode of whatever we do here on Comic Pop. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and check out everything else that we do, and stick around for the end cap. See you later. Hey.